Hello, everyone, and welcome to the penultimate episode of this season of the Kent Nonley Podcast uh, with Workforce Dimensions Limited, uh, hosted by myself, John Phipps, and my good friend, Matt Gerrard, who is on the phone now. Um, Matt Gerrard, first of all, how are you? Yeah, disappointed with the weather, John. Um, it's been piss poor, basically, sorry. Uh, we've got a beach hut. Haven't been able to get down there because it rained so hard. I think it even snowed, I think, when on Saturday I took the kids swimming. Got in the car and it was like 4.5 degrees in the middle of a hailstorm. And I thought, I should be down the beach here enjoying myself. But uh, yeah, apart from that, well, football season's over. Um, waiting for the new one. There you go. No, apart from that, yeah. As ever, living a dream, John, with Workforce Dimensions. Limited. Um, the, wor- Limited the, yeah. the weather down here has been lovely. Apart from last night, it was absolutely throwing it down. Um, so, but um, And the first thing this morning. But right now, the sun's shining. So you obviously um, need to maybe move your beach up somewhere else. Yes, that should be coming our way then, hopefully, from uh, blowing up from the from Sussex into Kent. And how is the holiday season? I presume it's well underway where you are. Very much so, yeah. We're uh, we're pretty busy. We're uh, living the dream, as, as you like to say. Um, you know, and, and people are coming in from, from all over the, the world. We've got Austrians, we've got Swiss, we've got, um, yeah, all sorts. So, um, is Switzerland you go to for work every now and then? Yeah, we are a Swiss-based company, yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, obviously, Matt, the big news of the week is the Royal Baby. How excited are you? Have you got Royal Baby fever? No, but there was a I, there was a woman on Twitter or somebody on Twitter, on some news channel who got more excited than I did when any Effiog scored against Fylde about this baby. And I'm thinking, have a life, love. She was. She said she couldn't concentrate at work, and she was shaking with excitement. You know, it's somebody you're never ever going to meet. And it's just madness. I don't know. And, and I think they should call it any in front of the great man if, they, if they're really going to make it thing. But no, absolute bloody farce. I do like the royal family, but I couldn't give a monkey's about the royal babies. Uh, it genuinely is one of those things where there's been conversations in my household of all, oh, what do you think about Meghan? And I'm like, I genuinely have absolutely no opinion. I do not care. I, I find it, you know, impossible to be less interested than I am about this. Uh, and the thing is, Meghan Markle, actually spell, as I've got a daughter called Meghan, actually spells her name incorrectly. So that's a big red X against her name anyway, which I don't actually think her name is Meghan. I think it's actually Rachel, but she's taken her um, stage name because she was an actress. But if you're going to take the name Meghan, at least spell it correctly. Well, I, I don't really think uh, that uh, a John without a H here should be uh, making any... Um comments along those lines i can confirm that she is called rachel you know you you're a big fan aren't you uh, i did know I, I've, it was about a year since the um well wedding and of course it was bloody everywhere so um yeah this is harsh the only thing is if we gave us a day off work i'll be jumping the joy like that crazy woman and celebrating like winning the effie on score but as we don't it's just another bloody baby isn't it well exactly yeah um it's just one of That's those what else you can say really it's not going to affect me. Seventh in line to the throne, so it's highly unlikely it's going to get it. So it's just going to, yeah, yeah. What, what we're, and basically, we're taking too much time talking about it. Basically, yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, yeah, I, I, as I say, I, I really don't care, and, and uh, I'm glad you weren't upset that I pulled you away from the coverage um, of the baby coming out to, for its first uh, visit earlier on. Um, Honestly, that woman. If you find it, if I can find it on Twitter, I'll post it. She was more excited. Then I am commentating on a goal. I think I she saw was her actually. Shaking. She was uh, quite 
quite mad. Anyway, you said the Royal Wedding was everywhere. Do you know where I was on the Royal Wedding? I was in Lindos by the swimming pool. I did not see a second of it, and I'm so proud of that. I was at a swimming gala, wasn't I? So I don't want to see it again. And this weekend, I'm at a netball gala. And the following week, it's a swimming gala. So this weekend, it's... Um, thing. And I'm hoping that Megan said she's come home as a goal shooter, which in my book means she's the main person because she's the one who's scoring the goal. So if she's got a talent like her dad, they're not going to do very well. But a big netball tournament in Thanet this weekend. I will be there cheering her on so next week on the final podcast of the season we'll find out if Matt Gerrard's daughter is the Ineffiong of her netball team or not um, it's a good thing or bad to be honest <laughs> I'll leave that down to you to decide my friend uh, it is our 83rd episode this week Matt and uh, did anything significant happen in 1983 you were born John no you weren't you born in 1981 weren't you we did so, that two weeks ago it's okay, yeah uh, 1983 um, I think my sister-in-law was born in 1983 Wow. Um, I'm stunned. No. I'm stunned. No, that's nothing exciting in 1983. Uh, no, I don't know. Right, well, I'll just... Dover Athletic were formed. Go on. Dover Athletic were formed. God, thank God you got that, because I was just about to read out their Wikipedia page. Dover Athletic were formed in 1983 after the di- uh, dissolution of the town's previous club, Dover FC. Uh, and Matt Gerrard almost forgot the year of, that must have been the best year of his life uh, on reflection. The year that uh, the team that within two years were managed by Chris Kinnear were formed. Yeah, so, yeah, so coming up to our 50th anniversary, so we must be... I don't know how many... What, does it say on there when the original... Uh, Thirty-six years ago. <laughs> I'm having a murder today. What did he say when the original day that it was formed? Um, As hang a, on, on the Wikipedia page. Uh, Eighteen. Well, they were in and out. Eighteen ninety-four, and then they folded nineteen oh one. Then they came back again in nineteen oh two, and then folded again in nineteen oh nine. Then nineteen twenty. Then folded again in nineteen thirty-three, and then, so and then AFC, 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 AFC. Yeah, nineteen forty-six, and then folded nineteen forty-seven. Um, uh, oh, sorry, nineteen thirty-four, and then nineteen forty-seven. They folded, um, and then a new semi-professional Dover was immediately formed in nineteen forty-seven. Rejoined the Kent League and won it twice in the nineteen fifties. Woo! Yeah, yeah, but like any football club, clearly the problems with financial football clubs did not just relate to the uh, the twenty first twenty first century. It relates to the twentieth century as well. Going by the way that Dover, well, like back in the glory days of social media, back in nineteen forty seven, then it begins like Dover folded again, beep beep beep, aren't they club things like that. Bit like we do about like teams like Chester in the current day who keep folding. Yeah, and so, so, yeah. so maybe I shouldn't be critical of all these clubs who fold and come back to life because my forefathering team has folded more times in a pack of cards. Well, exactly. Um, obviously going to be a, a slightly shorter show than usual this week, uh, partly because I've got an appointment in 20 minutes, um, but also because there's not so much going on as we get towards the end of the season, but it's still... Plenty of action, still plenty of hopes and dreams. We've got two Kent teams with playoff finals this weekend where they will be promoted if they win them. And we've got other teams who've fallen by the wayside. I've got one thing, John, before we start. Yes. Uh, so I'm not going to see you for a while. Line of duty, oh, what do you reckon? I, I enjoyed it. Um, Hayley wasn't so keen. What, didn't think it was good enough? Just or thought it was, a bit, it was a bit flat uh, after the previous episodes and all the drama. And I can kind of see that. Yeah, they're building it up, so... Um... Yeah, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Well, spoiler alert. I'm glad Ted got got out of, got away with it. But has he though? As we wait for episode six, and I need to get a new series six. I need to get a new television program because 
basically the last few weeks I've just been watching the football and I don't my wife's that impressed so I keep watching the football so have you watched The Widow on ITV no we started watching that it was on, it was an eight parter um, oh, I started God. watching that uh, is it finished yeah it's just finished now um, and we, we're three episodes in we're quite enjoying it so maybe that was is it a murder one uh, a bloke goes out to the Democratic Republic of Congo, is allegedly in a plane crash. Three years later, his wife sees him on the TV, and then she goes out to Congo, and that's about as far as I've got, really. But, um, oh, yeah, right. it's good. It's, it's... Congo, Congo, they drink it in the Umbongo. Remember Umbongo? Yeah, just like the UP. Yeah, 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 probably went by the wayside. Yeah, carry on with that side, Lee. You've got an appointment, and yeah, it's a shorter episode. Exactly, yeah. So, the, uh, obviously, we've got two teams still with playoff hopes, and we've got two, um, one team who fall, fell by the wayside last weekend. So, we will start with them. Uh, Ashford United, they battled through to the playoff final. A playoff final that if they'd won, they still wouldn't have been promoted anyway. Uh, but after extra time on Friday night, they were beaten 2-1 at Horsham. Uh, entertaining game at times. Um, ebbed and flowed for, but between the two ends. But ultimately, it was Horsham who were able to celebrate. Uh, after the game, I caught up with Ashford United goalkeeper Sam Mott. It's, it's obviously gutted, isn't it, really? Um, to obviously get to extra time and then concede so late on um, from a set piece uh, was always disappointing, but we've got to hold our heads up high and we've had a great season, really. Um, so, and obviously, even if we did win tonight with the shambles that is the playoffs and the league restructure, um, we might not have gone up anyway, but yeah, no, congratulations to Horsham. Uh, I'll say finished second, so first and second guy, can't really complain, but yeah, very disappointed. Proud of what you've done though this season, because especially you had the change manager in November time as well, to, to keep going through that and finishing the playoffs is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we went on a quite a good run before um, with Gary, before Tom come in, and then we just carried on with Tommy, so Tommy's been great with all the boys. Um, but yeah, we just got that confidence back and we just pushed on really, so and we just believed that we could. Well, uh, around Christmas time we believed we could push on and challenge for a title but I'm sitting and we realised a couple of bad defeats and then we was in the playoffs and obviously it's just a bit of a lottery isn't it but is, it, is this just a start for Ashford United though? Yeah well from what it sounds like obviously I didn't really know too much about what happened in previous years but obviously from last season I think they finished second or third from bottom conceded 100 odd goals and so if you look at all the stats compared to this season obviously this season's been massive massive improvement and I think what they needed and what they've got now is a bit of stability which I didn't have before so looking forward to it it's looking good it's a nice game it looked like at one stage might be a case of two penalties obviously one that went squeezed in at one end and yeah. then at the other end you made a great save yeah um, penalties have always been not my thing but I mean I've ended up saving loads over my career so I don't, I don't know what it is I just feel confident with them so um, did you know which way it was going to go I always from yeah I, I just knew I mean I I just looked at him and I just thought I know the way you're going and lucky for enough for us he went that way so but yeah if you, if you went to penalties um, I'm confident enough that I would have fancied myself to save a couple and we would have gone through but it's what it is um, and obviously the winning goal was it looked like there wasn't a lot uh, Tommy said he was, he was unmarked in the middle and, and that's got a bit of frustration for you yeah I mean he's in a position where he can have a shot or a cross so um, and to be fair to the lad he's, put, he's whipped in a great ball um, disappointing he's got a free header I mean, six, seven yards out. But, I mean, people are tired by that time, that time and it's um, it gets a bit uh, bit mismatched. But, I mean, we've done really well. It's hard to... Obviously, I'm gutted, but it's hard to feel so down when we've done all right. 
What do you do now? Do you obviously you're going on the coach back, and, and I guess it'll be quite quiet. And then do you take time to reflect and yeah. try to let spoil your summer? I suppose. Well, I mean, I'm going on my stag do in the morning, so um, I haven't really got that long to reflect. But yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a while. Um, but I think if we can keep this group of boys together and have a few additions. I think next season we'll be right up there and hopefully we don't have to go through the playoffs again. You're going to be extra player next season? Yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go anywhere, so if, if they want me, I'm staying. Um, the club itself and, and the fans are fantastic. I mean, for, for, from where we were in the press box, the final whistle went and yeah, there were Horsham fans celebrating, but I could hear the Astrid fans singing and clapping yeah, as well. I mean, they, they've been brilliant all season, so absolutely brilliant. Um, couple of games we had at Hastings away I mean to turn up in their hundreds and it was just brilliant again tonight as all, all supportive um, even when we lost and we went over there and you know I mean? we went over there and shook on their hands just to say thank you and they were just they'd said nothing but good words to us so it was, it's nice and, and they've been brilliant all season it's just disappointing that we couldn't give them something to celebrate in the end Disappointing for Ashford there, but as we now know, Matt, they wouldn't have gone up anyway. And one thing that did make me laugh was Horsham were all celebrating behind a banner that said we're going up and I said to Tommy Warlow do you think they'd use that if you'd won? And he just sort of looked at me and just shook his head as if to say he didn't know. Um, the whole situation is an absolute farce. Um, but Ashford United beaten 2-1 on the night. But now the challenge for them is to come back next year because they're going to be one of the favourites for that league. Yeah, I think um, Tommy Wallow's done a really good job. I presume Tommy Wallow will be there next season. I think Horsham did get promoted, didn't they, in the end? They did, yeah. Yeah, from that, um, yeah did you think they deserve something from the game, Ashford? Well, did they deserve penalties? It was they probably did actually. Yeah, it was it was an interesting game. They they had a slow start, um, Ashford and Horsham were were well on top, and and the goal when it came was an absolute screamer as well. Um, gave them the lead, um, opened the scoring, but that really sparked Ashford into life. Um, and the rest of the first half after the goal, they were well on top. Jay May had one off the underside of the crossbar. They got the penalty right on the stroke of half-time and scored. And they dominated the second half, to be fair, in, in large parts. But they will probably say, and they will admit, they didn't work the goalkeeper enough. And it was a quiet night for Dan Parrish. I think he picked up a knock early on. And I think that kind of um, impacted on him. And what was interesting was, even though they played 120 minutes on Monday, didn't make any subs until the half-time in extra time. Um, so it was very much a case of, you know, Ashford's players just giving it their all. And, and, you know, you could see they were a good side, but 120 minutes away from home, twice in a week, a long way away from home, it, it obviously caught up with them at the end. Yeah, yeah, I think um, they've been on such a good run. And from that point of view, again, farcical why they played on the Friday, why they couldn't play on the Saturday is an absolute joke. And I, I, I think Tommy Warlow has proven again what a good man. He's had the problems with Thames Mead when, and they, all the problems they had, they folded. I think it, from that point of view, they've got some good players. Interesting if they can keep hold of Sam Corn because uh, I'm sure bigger clubs higher up the field will be looking at him. But I think um, this is justification what a good manager Tommy Warrell is at that level. And if Ashford can keep him and he can add to the squad from the players he knows and trusts, I'm sure they'll be up there next season. So, um, and next season, do you guarantee two up next season? Okay, well, we're, we're not even going to get in there. But uh, uh, if I was a betting man, you'd probably put Ashford top of the list as being the side that should be favourites to win that division next year. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we saw Craig Wanderers, they were they were a very similar story actually, lost in the playoffs last year and, and then look how they went uh, this season. Sam up there as well, he was heading off on his stag do, so um, he said it wasn't going to ruin his summer that they'd lost. Um, but he, he impressed me actually on the night, made a good save from the penalty, um, a, a good strong goalkeeper and I think he's a good solid last line of defence. I, I doubt you've seen him play, Matt. He used to be absolute, I think, didn't he? I haven't, really seen, no, I haven't seen him around, so um, uh, yeah, 
again, solid level goalkeepers at that level of, you know, decent to have. Mott's had a decent non-league career. So he'll go from that. The thing is, Tommy Warlow has got to keep the squad together. Hopefully he can do that. So um, again, it just seems a bit of a farce. Was it, was it flat anyway? You think, would there be mass celebrations if Ashford had won, even though they knew they would, probably wouldn't go up? Well, I don't flat, know. That would have been the thing. I think they would have. Um, they probably would have had to celebrate because, well, well why wouldn't you? Um, you know, and and celebrate as if you're getting promoted, and then deal with the, with the fallout that would have come um, later in the week, which obviously did come. It came for Haybridge Swifts um, in in Essex. They uh, won a dramatic game where they won three 0 on penalties, and they didn't get promoted. Um, and I mean, we've talked about this before. It is absolutely farcical, um, and and I suppose in some ways, Ashwood might be glad that they didn't win the playoffs because. You know, obviously they won't be uh, they won't be glad that they lost. Don't get me wrong by any stretch of imagination. But Horsham are obviously a decent side. They won't be playing them next year. That's them out of the league. Um, and do, does it open up for for Ashford to have a better chance of winning next year? And I think also winning the playoffs and thinking you should have been promoted and not been promoted would have had a massive psychological effect on that team for next season. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. I think they would have you know started the season. If they'd won the playoffs and hadn't gone up, they thought, well, we've really done this before. Will the motivation be there to do it again if they'd had it? Thinking, you know, we've been unjust. But now they're thinking, we lost the playoffs. Let's go one step further and get promoted again. And I think they've got a, a, a good chance. But it seems to be, Ashford seems to be on the way up. I think their attendance has been improved as well. So a club on the up there. And I'm delighted for them. And particularly Tommy Wilder because he's, he's one of the nice good guys. Exactly. Uh, another team talking of playoff farces, uh, still in the hunt, are Tunbridge Angels, who won the Bostick League playoffs on Monday uh, by beating Merston 2-0 in the final and have to go now go to Met Police on Saturday for a place in the National League South. Um, regardless of the fact that they should already be promoted, they should already be celebrating, I actually think they've got a really good chance on Saturday, Matt. Yeah, it won't be. Met Police have come from the... Uh... Devon Bostic Premier, haven't they? The last couple of years have got moved over this year from that. So there won't be any surprises for them. Um, I presume Met Police are at home because they've got a better points per game ratio, have they? I would imagine that is how they've made up this, uh, this, this ridiculous system. But yes, I would imagine that is the case. So, um, yeah, I think they've got a very good chance. We know their waveform has been good. A fantastic result against Harringay. Many people didn't see that. And then the win at the weekend. I presume uh, Sonny Miles will be suspended for the final, which will be a blow to them because they haven't got many um, players anywhere or injury problems. But Craig Stone, he played right back. But it, his record in the playoffs is very good. I think every time he's been in it, he's won it. So, um, yeah, absolutely delight for them. One last push for Tunbridge Angels to get into Conference South. We know that Conference South will be a, could be a dominated by Kent sides. Let's show quite a few more Kent sides in it. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed they can do it. And some part of me thinks... I always remember something that Met Police, the highest level they wanted to go was the Devon Bostick Premier. So getting up to Conference South, I didn't think they ever wanted to go to that level. So I may be mis misplaced saying that, but um, it, it, interesting one because they're not really part of the police, but they're called the Met Police. But um, yeah, I'm hoping Tunbridge Angels won't be surprised. They'll go there, Ember Court, nice facilities, good pitch. They can do a job and... I'm sure they'll be followed by a lot of fans because the crowd on Monday was absolutely fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, more away wins than home wins this season, Tumbridge Angels, so they've got yeah. plenty to look forward to. I've actually been to Invercourt. Um, yeah, I've been there a few times. Covered Margate there um, oh, three or four years ago. Freddie Ladapo scored a hat-trick uh, as Gate won handsomely on the evening. And... Um, it's a massive sort of bar outside, isn't there? It's a there. very difficult place to describe, really, because it's almost like the football club is part of a bigger thing, which it is. Yeah. And And... 
you know, it, they won't be dancing on the streets of Met Police if they if there's if they win at the weekend, but they will be dancing on the streets of Tunbridge. I would suggest. Yeah, I think Dover win a playoff game against um, Met Police back in was that two thousand and six? I think it was. I think they then played Tunbridge Angels in the final on the Saturday and lost by oh. three goals to two. I think, I think that might. Have been, was at the end of Clive Walker. It could have been 2006, 2007. Well, whatever it was, yeah, but it's good facilities there, yeah. So, fingers crossed for the Angels. And particularly Matt Davidson, who we, you know, we know he's a massive um, Angels fan and he was absolutely buzzing. And I think I think it would be fantastic if they can get to the next level. I bet your mate Clive Walker had uh, plenty of choice words if they did lose to Tunbridge Angels in the playoff final, mate. Yeah, I think it was, that was in front of 2000 as well. Yeah, I think it's either the following year or that year he lost his job because they lost in the playoffs again after that. But good man, Clive. Um, so good luck to them, and also massive good luck to Welling on Saturday, or certainly what, or Sunday. So, well, certainly one of us definitely wants Welling to win a lot um, as they face uh, Woking in the playoff final at Kingfield. Already sold lots of tickets for that game as well. Um, both sides won three two on uh, on in the first games on Sunday as well. So uh, certainly entertainment it seems to be guaranteed in that one, Matt. Yeah, my mate who's not really. You know, I spoke to him and he said, "Oh, you know, we're going to have Welling or Woking," and he said. That's going to be a Hobson's choice then. For me, well in all, way, all day long. When I looked at my phone, I think it was half-time, Woking with 2-0 down against Wildstone. I was punching the air. When I checked and they won 3-2, I was... You know my feelings for Woking. So, um, Steve King, I think he's got a great record in the playoffs. He, I think, he will go... Did they beat them, they beat them in the league? It was 3-0, big game recently, wasn't it? So a bit of, you know... Um, he said they were the better side. I'm really hoping that Welling can go to Woking and get the result and get into the National League. So come on the wing. And of course, it was a dramatic win for Welling on the, on Sunday, Matt. 2-0 up, then pegged back to 2-2, but a last gas penalty seeing them through against a strong Chelmsford side. So they're, they're in good fettle for this one, the wings. Yeah, I think uh, Steve King is a good manager. He knows his level. He knows the players he brings in. I think uh, it's all down the... Um, Set half getting rave review, so interesting to see where he could go from that point of view. I've got to feel sorry for Chelmsford in some ways because I've seen him, I think, so many times they get in the playoff and they completely balls it up. Chelmsford must be um, one of these sides that you think, if you're a Chelmsford fan, you're never going to see him in the National League. Must be, I think about the last five seasons they've been in the playoffs and completely balls it up each time. So, with that, but fair play to the wings. Steve King used all his experience again. Woking's not a, good, a nice place to go. The crowd will be up for it, but if they can do it, it'll be a fantastic achievement. And I'm fully, fully behind the wings to get through, and fingers crossed they can do that, because uh, uh, Woking have been in the conference recently, and Welling haven't been for a few years. And of course, another King Club, we want them in there. And of course, you hate Woking. Yeah. Um, 2-0 was the score when those two sides met at Kingfield early this season. As Matt said, it was 3-3 uh, between Welling and uh, Woking when they met at uh, Parkview Road. So um, hopefully that will be an entertaining game and we will look forward to seeing how that one pans out for them next week. And we will discuss it next week in our final show of the season. Um, that brings us on then to this Southern Counties East League map because we're not done with that just yet because on Saturday it was a Southern Counties East League Challenge Cup final. Um, where Corinthian and Chatham, again, another 3-2. Corinthian were tuning up, but it was Chatham Town who got their hands on the cup, winning 3-2, coming back from those two goals down. Um, and I caught up with James Collins after the chats completed a cup double, having also won the Kent Senior Trophy. Does winning two cups make this a successful season for you and Chatham Town? Um, yeah, there's a, a, a question I keep getting, getting asked. Um, I, th- I think it's successful. I think it's successful in the sense that um, we brought some silverware back to the club and I think probably 
uh, you know, couldn't have couldn't have imagined getting the, the sheer volume of supporters that we got at the first one. And then again, um, again on Saturday we had a really good uh, vocal support. So I think in in that terms, it's built the club, it's put the club back on the map. Um, obviously, I've made no secret of the fact that we wanted to win the league this season. It wasn't quite meant to be, but um, looking back on it now, two trophies and fourth in the league, which you know any other season we possibly might have finished second in a little bit closer. It was just obviously four teams that, that went on good run. So I think in all, all in all, it was a success, even albeit not winning the league, which was the ultimate goal. And obviously, Saturday's cup final, you were two 0 down and, and you hit back to win three two. So that shows plenty of character. Yeah, we've had a, I think, I mean, I, I don't know um, if this is if if completely correct, but I think in the last 12 weeks we've had 10 midweek games and it's just, um, I don't know whether we're, maybe we were a little bit tired and, and, and sort of drawing against Croydon away when we could have gone one point behind Corinthian at the time seemed to knock the stuffing out of us and in the league our season peaked out a little bit, but we, you know, we we were three three uh, one down against um, Tunbridge Wells in the league and, and won four three, and there's been times where we've had to dig in a little bit. So I know that the, the players can do that, and um, obviously that helped us on Saturday. It's not been dull watching Chatham this season, has it? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's been the odd odd game where you might say that, but we've scored a lot of goals and um, probably conceded more than I would like to. But yeah, no, it's, it's been entertaining. We've scored scored well over. So, in around 140 goals in all competitions so um, it's certainly different to last season when I think we scored 44 league goals or something like that and um, Paul Vines Va- Paul he counts for 43 of those goals I think fantastic season for him yeah I, I said at presentation evening I, I spoke to Tony Russell at Cray and um, he said he'll guarantee you 20, 25 goals and he's managed to get 45 which is phenomenal really um, but he's not just not just his goals this season that's what everyone will see but in the change room he's, he's very good and he's, uh, he's someone I've become become uh, I would say friends with we speak quite often and uh, he's been a brilliant signing for us this year and does he want to keep going because he's not getting younger is he? Yeah, I, I think he wants to keep playing. I, I haven't really spoken to to him about that. Uh, when I spoke to him last season, we sort of spoke about doing it for two years. So um, I think he's keen to do that. And the com- conversations we've had, he's um, he's kind of implied that he would like to would like to stay. But I need to sit down and have a chat with him. I would imagine he'll definitely carry on playing though. And what's the, uh, the thing, thing now? We obviously finished for the summer. Is it a, a bit of relaxing, relaxation, or are you straight on to getting getting into next season's mode? No, it starts again now. Me and the chairman have had, had brief conversations about certain things. Um, we've, we've got a trial night tonight for the, the reserves uh, under twenty one. So I'm just driving on my way to there now. Um, I don't think it ever stops, really. Um, but me and Chairman need to sit down and have a chat, and uh, and then we can um, put some plans into action. And um, we've spoken, you know, and uh, we kind of think we know where we're going. So yeah, no pressure, really. And so obviously next season there's going to be another promotion place, isn't there? I think, or a playoff place potentially. And I suppose the aim is that you're going to win the league next year. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that, that is my aim, whatever club I've been at. I've, um, I've always wanted to win it. I think um, I've been and Fisher have given everyone even more hope now to, to show you how close they can go. And, and they, they've had a phenomenal season. And um, 
you know, anything's possible in, in football. I mean, I know people, you, you have to be realistic, but like I said, I think they've given everyone hope. So, regardless of where I've been, I've always wanted to win the league, but certainly yeah, I, I, would, I would expect us to be challenging. And do you think it'll be the, the, the similar sort of face? I mean, obviously, Craig Valley have gone and, and Corinthian. Well, I, I don't know if they'll be able to repeat what they did this year again, but it, you'll, you'll be thinking you'll be up there beckoning them probably. And, and knowing this division, someone will come from nowhere and challenge, won't they? That's the thing, isn't it? You, you know, you look at Greenwich Borough came out of nowhere and did it one year. Um, Krober came out of, out of nowhere and did it one year. I think that, um, I think Glee was sort of, you know, a series. I think teams like Punjab, but I think there's, um, there's been a lot of teams that have, have invested financially this season, you know, some sort of in the, in the lower, uh, sort of bottom half of the table. So I think this league's tough and I think you need to sort of, you need to sort of be competitive even even at the, the bottom end of it because otherwise you get yourself dragged down and um, yeah, like you said, anyone can come out of nowhere but I think there'll be a lot of teams, especially knowing the two guys before the, the, the start of the season, like you said, possibly, you would imagine that a lot of teams might see that, you know, again, the year to sort of really have a go at it and try and get out of the division. And just finally, as, as far as what's been the highlight of your season? Um... I, I think just managing the club, to be honest. I, 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 um, I, I, I love the club. I, I, I love the people there. Um, to be able to bring some silverware home was, was really good. Um, so that, that first cup will probably be the one that I suppose is the most memorable. But, uh, you know, Saturday, Saturday the whole, I, I probably enjoyed more because it's probably a little bit more relaxing to do it that way. But, um, yeah, just, just managing the club, really. I, I, I really, really enjoy it there, and I feel very proud to be given the opportunity to manage the club. You can kind of see what he says there, Matt, and that's why I asked the question first up. Is that a successful season? And I suppose it is in the way that he's brought home two trophies, but they would have liked to have been closer in the league, wouldn't they? Yeah, I suppose the bread and, the bread and butter is, is the league situation for them. Um, at one stage, we thought they were in the hunt, uh, as he tailed off a little bit in the end but showed the quality by winning two cup competitions and they've got that winning mentality now I'm sure they'll be one of the sides who will be favourites next year I feel sorry for Corinthian a bit because they everything was in the palm of their hands and it's been taken away from them so you just see how they can bounce back but Chatham we've said it numerous times on the pod probably shouldn't be in this level anyway they should they can support uh, a club they've got they should be in a, a league above and uh, hopefully they can do it again but good Good season for them. Two cups. You you cannot grumble with that. Um, disappointed with the league, but I'm sure the confidence. If they can keep hold of Vines as well, they're going to score goals. They should be up there and there about. And he said they scored over 140 goals this season, which uh, seems like they're an entertaining team to watch. They've got some players we'd all know who've played at high level, don't we? Well, exactly, and and um, it's very interesting that to to see how Chatham have done this season, and I think. You know, it was James's first full season in charge, so it is going to be a building season for him. Um, but I think with the with Cray Valley out of the way next year, as, as we kind of discussed there, um, I think that Chatham are the team to beat next year in the Southern Counties East League, and it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out for them. Yeah, they're, 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 they're probably side with the best crowd. Um, they can probably attract the players. Maybe who with the the side with um, Cray Valley maybe not want to go up or go to the next level. They might be able to pick some of their players up, but. Um, They'll be the side you want to play for, I would have thought, in that division. So, yeah, again, a bit like Astrid, they'll be the side to beat, but they need to get off to a good start. And I think, yeah, and I think um, James Connolly said in that, you know, he, he knows probably after this season what it needs to, to take it to the next level. And I think he's probably got plans in place to do that. And obviously Vines won the golden boot and uh, he's still going strong, isn't he? 
Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to work out. You said that, how old he was. He must be 36, 37, but he's been around the houses. Carl Shorten, I remember him for. For the last 15 years, it's him and his brother Joe uh, are players who've played at a decent level and will still walk to the non-league. And he, the satisfaction of putting the ball in the back of the net probably never, never will never go from him. And I'm sure he takes another year to, to fire, the, fire the chats to the title. Yeah, just looking at some other bits and pieces. Actually, before we talk about the other bits and pieces I was going to talk about first, um, another club hit by robbery over the weekend or vandals breaking into the clubhouse and causing damage. Tumbridge Wells are next on the list. Um, it's such a shame to see clubs like this being attacked in this way, Matt. And, and, you know, people work so hard behind the scenes, often for no recompense, and then some morons come and do that on a bank holiday weekend. That's just not on, is it? Well, I think there's a lot of clubs who recently have had this done. I think, um, again, I think that's things are being targeted for, for lawnmowers or anything like that. Of course, the football clubs have. Yeah, it's... Unfortunately, John, it's the society we live in that, from that point of view. And hopefully, let's let some Wells can at least get back in there. But yeah, hopefully that the police can get the end of the matter. But it, it, it's not a good, you know, not a good sign to see for a club like that who need everything they can to help them off the field. Exactly. Um, just what I was going to bring you is this... Uh, the People at the Southern Catteries East League have done a statistical overview of um, Division 1. I assume there's one to come for the Premier League. Um, but there's some great stuff in here. OK, Matt, you ready? Yep. OK. I'll have a stat. 306 games, 1,196 goals, an average of 300, uh, 3.9 goals per game. Excellent. Uh, the most popular scoreline by far was 2-1, which occurred 47 times. There were 12 games in the entire 306 that finished nil-nil. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, the most in one game was 10, which was a 6-4 win for Bride and Ropes over Phoenix Sports Reserves. Uh, Kent Football United had the biggest win with 7-0 over Rochester United. Irith and Belvedere scored 103 goals. They were the top scorers. The meanest defences both conceded 41 and the um, the most goals were, were 99 for Lidtown. They just fell short of the 100. And Harry Harding was the top goal scorer. 38, well, 38 goals, including five hat-tricks. Five hat That's not bad. Did he get to keep the ball? I don't know at that level. I'd hope so. Is he um, a player on the up? Do you know what? I, I do not know very much about him, so I'm going to look him up now while... Uh, while we do this, uh, who did he play for? I don't even know that to be honest. Um, that's uh, the million dollar question. Appears... How many goals in total? Sorry, you say thirty-eight in the league. Nice. And I apologise to Harry Harding because, of course, Harry, we knew that you played for everything Belvedere. Um, and obviously, you'll be so. hoping to find out that you maybe have been promoted later, later on this season. He was the top scorer of 38, just beating Wellington's Ryan Golding with 35. Ryan Golding, I've heard of before. He's an absolute machine as well. Yeah. So, um, and Nathan Simpson of Bride and Ropes was third with 27. And obviously, in the Scaffold Premier, we did mention Paul Vines, 33. He was given for that. Uh, Dan Bradshaw, one goal behind with 32. Uh, and Anthony Edgar of Cray Valley PM was third with 24 goals. Um, just ahead of Richard Atkins, who is always a constant goal scorer yeah, in, at this level of, uh, of football. So well done to all of those players uh, for having great seasons. Um, one more thing we will talk about before we leave you is uh, Whistle Town have started making their moves, Matt. Now, due to last week's uh, unique editing experience where Tommy Warlow called in the middle of the show, um, we did actually mention Whistle Town's result in, the, in Scott Porter's final game in charge. Uh, which was very remiss of us, and uh, I do apologise for that one. So I'm just going to double-check that they uh, 
how they got on in that final game of the season when the webpage loads. Um, it, they lost 2-1 in that final game uh, to nine-man Three Bridges, who had two players sent off late on, um, but it, they, they lost by two goals. Uh, three new signings for Whitstall today. Matt, have you, have you seen the news, first of all? I haven't, no. So they brought in three new players, um, two of them who uh, Lloyd Blackman knows very well, are um, midfielder Luke Gert and fullback Jake McKenzie, who've both played for Whitstall before and been to Ramsgate. Um Mackenzie was at Ramsgate last season while Gert was at Sheppey United where he was playing centre-half but um, also plays in midfield. And also they've signed Osman Prony from uh, Seven Oaks Town. Uh, he made 19 appearances last season. Um, so they're, they're making start Lloyd Blackman and, and I think doing your business early is key for these managers. Yeah, there's a lot of players available, you know, that people moving around from, from uh, club to club, particularly in that sort of area. Lloyd Blackman's gone players again, as you would do with Tommy Wilder. You bring in players that you can trust. He's brought them in and they'll go from there. The expectations, maybe middle of the table, pushing for a playoffs, starting his work early and uh, we're interested to see because he's going down the youth route as well, wasn't it, as well. Um, Lloyd Blackman, he likes working with the younger players and uh, interesting to see. that. Yeah, so that's the first real signings we've seen from any of our boys, any of our sides just yet, isn't it? Yeah, those two as well, Mackenzie and Gert, are both young players as well, but they also are very, very experienced. I mean, Mackenzie's been playing, um, he was under the wards for several years, but they're, they're still only young lads. And to have players like that, who've got plenty more time in them, but have got so many games under their belt, is, is a massive thing for all of these clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the Devon Bostick South Division is a tough, tough division. So if you, you know... If you've got 50 to 100 games in that, that can really help you out for the future as well. I see a couple of our sides like Epsley and Mace that have done their retain list as well, John. So uh, things are moving, but continue problems for Epsley as well. Well, exactly. I think we should talk about Epsley United's retain list and specifically a tweet by uh, midfielder Dean Rance after the retain list was announced. Um, where Dean was, um, shall we say, not best pleased with the uh, with <laughs> with with the announcement of the retainers because his name wasn't on it. It was announced that he was among the players who was being released. Um, however, he said along the way, "Well, that's funny that because I was told last week. Well, the exact quote, in fact, in front of me. That's strange. Gary said last week he was offering me a new deal last week. How gutting! It was really nice of the club to have had a meeting with us and let us know rather than finding out now online." Only been there six years. Couple of laughing face emojis. Hashtag no class. Um, so that's um, interesting, Matt, shall we say. Yeah, and there seems to be sort of bickering going on between the hierarchy and the players of Epsilon United. And this is no good for them at all. Uh, Gary Hill's come out in the local media today saying that he'll try and move the players on who are under contract if they want to go before the end of the month. And I think Laurie Wilson, when he was on our Radio Ken show, he said that there's a certain amount of time because they still haven't been paid. If you haven't been paid by a certain amount of time, your contract could come null and void. Uh, and I'm not stating this, but is that maybe what absolutely want to get some of the higher earners off the, off the books by actually not paying them so they can actually walk away from the club? Well, exactly. And I mean, the, the thing is, is you look at the, at the players on the retainers and if there weren't all the problems off the, off the field, You'd be excited if you were an Ebb Street fan because the players who are still under contract, Ebu Adams, Nathan Ashmore, Michael Cheek, Jack King, Sean Seals, Corey Whiteley and Laurie Wilson, on top of three players who have clauses in their contract that trigger an offer for the for new season, Danny Kedwell, Jack Payne and Miles Weston. If they didn't have all these off-the-field issues that we're not sure about, that would be the basis of a really, really good side under Gary Hill. But... The problem is going to be that we know that they've got the financial problems. And you look at certainly two of those three who are going to be offered new contracts because they have a clause in, the, in their contract from last year. 
They're on the big bucks, aren't they? Kedwell and Payne are rumoured to be on very big money, yes. So I don't know if the contracts are the same or whatever, but I presume they can look around at other clubs from from that point of view. But they're not going to get the same sort of money, I would have thought, that they've been getting at Epsley. So, yeah, it really is a real can of worms. And um, from an Epsley point of view, it is a concern. There's money, you know, clubs have problems in the higher accounts of the league and in non-league. And when you do get an owner who is self-sufficient doing the club and the problems emerge, it can cause problems. And I'm sure, you know, in Dover's case as well, you think about Jim Parmenter is, is the major shareholder and he puts a lot of money in him. And if he wanted to walk away, Dover could be in the same situation. But this everything seems an absolute farce, really. They seem to be spending beyond their means and now it's all going wrong. I really hope it can be um, sorted out because I know it's old season tickets, etc. like that. But um, yeah, the, 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 the smoke coming out of the club is not very... No, it's not good at all. No, exactly. And and I mean those two um players those players who are all under contract, you know, I mean we we were perhaps under the impression that they that, that they would want to keep keep hold of those players and build a team around them, but seeing those quotes from Gary Hill today it may be the the exact opposite of that and it may be a case of in true Chris Kinnear style they'll be turning up in June with with no players at all. Yeah, they could be well with and Gary Hill you lose his contacts maybe loans from clubs. Um, or even players released from professional clubs will be coming in, which will be difficult to compete in the National League. But Gary Hill's a decent manager, uh, and he'll go from there. That's if he's going to stay there as well. So we all up in the air stuff for Ipswich, which is which is no good for anybody. It could be a, a long month, May, I think. No, exactly. And um, obviously, it is now uh, the time of the season where football managers uh, aren't football managers on a Saturday. And interesting to see what they get up to. I certainly know that I had a conversation with one manager last week who said to me, yeah, all the DIY tasks are being handed my way. I'm making the most of uh, of what's left this season. Um, if you're a football manager or a football player who, who gets up to something unusual during the summer on, the, on your Saturdays, like maybe watching netball tournaments or stuff, uh, then do please let us know. We'd love to hear from you at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. You can uh, get in touch with us, drop us a line. Or if you're one of the uh, people who we've spoken to, feel free to drop us a text. You can be anonymous if you want to. Um, under this um, obviously this is our last show uh, next to the last show of the season next week we'll be here to discuss um, the two playoff finals that we've got left and and you know what we're going to blow our own trumpets a little bit because if you're out there and you've enjoyed the podcast this season feel free to send us a message um, and tell us what you've liked what you've enjoyed if you're really fancy you can always um, send us an audio clip and we might even play it into the show um, so get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast you can send it by direct message or if you want to send us an email um, I can give you an e- the email just to send things to um, but we'd love to hear from as many of our um, fans if there are any of you out there um, before the end of the season um, uh, Matt I'm not doing the radio show Monday night but you are so tell everyone what you've got lined up uh, we've got uh, from an only point of view we've got Kevin Watson and Andy Walker coming in from um, Cray Valley ahead of their big FA Vars final uh, week on Sunday um, bit about Cricket World Cup and also uh, John Murray the BBC or the chief BBC football correspondent for Five Live he's also coming on as we look at the national scene in football so the the Premier League that ends this week, the FA Cup, and of course the Champions League final. And we'll also talk to him about it because he did go to a Jules game earlier this season when they beat Cardiff as well. So that's Monday night, 9 till 10. Myself and Tony Hudd, the uh, Kent, journal- well, Kent, Kent journalist, legend, legend journalist, probably the best way he'll be there as well. So yeah, please feel free to uh, drop us a line uh, from there. Yeah, tune in Monday night, 96.7 and 104.2 FM, DAB, Freeview Channel 719, and uh, now via the BBC Sounds app, you can listen to Matt Gerrard and Tony Hunt talking to you um, on... I will miss you, though. Yeah, I'll miss you too as well. Um, but 
hey, you know, sometimes sometimes you just have to have a little bit of a break, mate. But exactly, yeah. We'll yeah. still talk Recharge this Wednesday, matches. so don't worry. No, I look forward to that, mate. Look forward to that. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that is pretty much it for this week's uh, Kent Non-League podcast. Um, as I say, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast, and you can follow us on Facebook at Kent Non-League. Um, as I say, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We did hear from an Australian as well, Matt, which I'll bring up next week, actually. Um, oh, cool. We, we, we have got someone who's down in Australia who's listening to us as well. Um, so I will add that to Fantastic. my list of things we're going to discuss next week on the Kent Nolly Podcast. Mandura in Western Australia. Uh, Jim Webb says he's listening to. There's plenty of equivalent non-league teams here. Regular downloader. And he does his own podcast uh, out in Australia. Next Goal Wins Pod. It's called at Next Goal Wins Pod. Feel free to give them a follow. Uh, you may find something. You may learn something. So it's a, it's like the football pools, Matt. Do you remember, like in in the su- in the summer, the football pools always used to be all these random yeah. Australian teams. You have to try and guess if they were going to. I don't know if anyone even knew the final scores in the end, did they? Wollongong United against Kangaroo Town. I think it was. Well, that's maybe not the case. Kangaroo but. Town. <laughs> but I always remember though, because when I went to Australia, and I was looking to do a pod on that a few years ago, nineteen ninety seven. I always I stayed in a place called Moorbark, and every time. The Australian pools on. I always looked out for them. And they were I never saw the football ground when I lived there. But I never. But they were on the pool. So Moorbark again. That's nowhere near Western Australia, but uh, they were the team on that. Yeah. So football pools. Yeah. So yeah. They, 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 the pool still go. Must be. I think. Well, the bloke yeah. used to come knock on my door and take the money off me down on a Thursday. Yeah, we used. To, we, me and my mum and dad used to collect them for a while when uh, oh, many years ago. So yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, that is it for this week's Ken Honley podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to James Collins and to Sam Mott for chatting to us uh, after their after their games this week. And um, all that remains to say is we will see you next week for the last time this season. But thanks for listening. I wonder if Megan will get the golden hand if she scores the most goals. <laughs>